Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Amy Dash is our CBS legal correspondent, and boy, do we need her today. Yeah, so she is up early for us. I'm confused. <laughs> Amy, good morning. How are you? Morning. I'm here for you. <laughs> Thank you. Twitter has me up until 2, 3 in the morning with questions about Zeke. Yeah. Wow, you committed. And yeah, is it well, And it's Amy Dash TV on Twitter, is that correct? Or have you changed it? Yeah, that? yeah, at Amy Dash TV. Okay, and, and Amy does a great job answering your questions, and she's she's there all the time, all hours of the night, right, Amy, to answer your <laughs> legal night. questions? I don't need sleep. I'm not a real person. <laughs> right. uh, okay, so I, I think I have a, a baseline understanding uh, what is happening right now? He's going to play Week One against the Giants. There is this temporary restraining order that may or may not happen that will probably end up hearing a decision on Friday. So, what is this judge who is either going to grant the temporary restraining order or not? What is he taking into account to make that decision? Okay, so there are two things here. I'm going to try to simplify this. A temporary restraining order basically is. That's a request for something immediate to happen right away. When they made that application, Harold Henderson hadn't made his decision, so they were trying to stop him from making his decision. Now he's made his decision. So the second thing that they asked for is an injunction, and this is something that would stay in place that would put a a hold on the suspension until they can hash it out in court. What they're looking for with an injunction is basically they want to show that if the court doesn't give it, that Zeke can suffer irreparable harm. So it's a last resort. So it says to the court, you have to help us because if you don't, something's going to happen to this player that nobody can fix. Now the catch there is that if money can fix it, then the court's not supposed to grant the injunction because it's supposed to be a total last resort. And the argument by the NFL is that there is no irreparable harm. Because money could fix this. Any damage to his reputation, well, that's done already, they said. And whether or not the Cowboys make it to the championship, if he plays or not, well, that's just a speculative thing that we can't assess in court. How can money fix this? If he sits six games, he's losing an enormous amount of money. So how... What's the rationale behind money fixing this? Money is not going to fix this. He will never... He can make some more money down the line, but that money's gone. Right, exactly. But, but when you're looking at the analysis as a judge, it's not whether he's actually going to get the money and be fixed. It's could money restore him, whether he gets it or not. That's the analysis. So if he lost money, then, then what the NFL is saying, well, money would be able to restore him, whether, he w- whether we pay him back or not. And as long as that's something that could fix the problem, then the court's not supposed to grant that uh, restraining order 
Something that I have been referencing ever since this case came out is I think it's a a, a lose-lose for the Ezekiel Elliott side because of, of precedent. I mean, we saw what happened with Tom Brady. Yes, there's different circumstances, but when the NFL decides it's going to suspend somebody and that suspended party wants to fight, they will find a way because of the language in the CBA to make sure that suspension uh, is served at some point or another. Can we look at the precedent with the Brady case and say that the same thing eventually will happen to Ezekiel Elliott because of what's in that CBA in regards to the personal conduct policy? Yes and no. Yes, in the sense that Brady stands for, in part, the fact that the court, federal courts don't want anything to do with these arbitrations. They want to stay away from them and leave them as is because they were bargained for under the CBA. And there's really no place for the court to be deciding anything. No, in the sense that Brady made the argument that the arbitration award with him should have been overturned because he didn't get notice. He also made a fairness argument, but the court didn't think it was strong enough. Here, Ezekiel Elliott has a very, very strong procedural argument to overturn the arbitration award, basically saying that the whole process was not fair for a couple of reasons. One is that he couldn't even cross-examine his accuser Mm -hmm. as part of the arbitration. Two, he couldn't cross-examine Roger Goodell as part of the appeal, and Goodell's the one that made the ultimate decision. And three, they have this whole theory about a conspiracy where the league, they're saying, hid information from one of the co-investigators who didn't feel there should be a suspension, and also wouldn't give them her notes. So I think they have a much stronger case than Brady, and I don't think that Brady negates his ability to win and overturn the arbitration award. Gio and Jones, CBS Sports Radio, Amy Dash, CBS Sports Legal Analyst, joining us here. What's the other recourse? Let's say the judge this Friday doesn't grant the injunction. What's, uh, what other recourse does the legal team for Ezekiel Elliott have? Two things could happen. One, he could dismiss it entirely, which I think he has great grounds to do because they brought it way too early. They brought it before Harold Henderson even made his decision. So it wasn't ripe is what they call it. It wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't, if, you don't, if the judge doesn't dismiss it, then um, it could stay in that Texas court and he could issue some sort of a, a hold on the suspension, like a stay, which is what Brady got. And then they'll hash it out in court, and who knows when he'll serve the suspension, if ever. But if, if uh, he dismisses it, then the NFL can try to run and file to enforce it in a New York or somewhere else. Or his lawyers, Ezekiel Elliott's lawyers, can go back to Texas and run and try to file for a stay. The Ezekiel Elliott side keeps using the word conspiracy over and over again anytime that they release a statement. Uh, <laughs> do, do, do you believe that they all have. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> do you believe that they have uh, any grounds to continue to, to use that word, or is that sort of just buzz language to get people's attention? Oh, it's so evil. And I'm never a conspiracy theorist, but I agree with them this time. Really? Wow. Yeah, because there are just too many things that indicate that the NFL tried to hide Kia Roberts' conclusion. First of all, all of these reports usually end with a conclusion. So they must have gone out of their way to tell Lisa Friel and Kia Roberts, oh, don't put your conclusion at the end of this 160-something page report. And after that, 
it's just weird. Like, why wasn't she at the meeting with Roger Goodell and the advisors? But the other investigator was there. And then the advisors ask what Kia's conclusion was and what she thought. And Lisa Friel won't directly answer that. I just find it very bizarre. And I think that it was hidden because they didn't want Ezekiel Elliott's side to use it during the arbitration. And they just mostly, I think, they didn't want that type of disagreement to get out in the media among the co-investigators because it creates somewhat of a a scandal. It, It gives people bait to question Roger Goodell and his decision. Whereas if he just has Lisa Friel in there saying that she thinks there should be a suspension, then that gives him a little bit more support. And and so it, it just makes it a lot cleaner. Amy, are we correct in our assertion that there was no conclusive evidence that Ezekiel Elliott, as we've read the transcripts, uh, no conclusive evidence that Ezekiel Elliott caused these injuries? Now, there's speculation that he caused the injuries and that he was uh, present when these injuries uh, were, were t- took place. But the way we read it, it doesn't say that. It sounds like a he said, she said. I think it's a total he said, she said. But remember, you have a lot of court cases that are just made up of circumstantial evidence. Look at Bill Cosby. I mean, Bill Cosby's brought up with the with a he said, she said, and there is no direct evidence. This happens all the time. There was more evidence here than in a lot of the cases that are brought uh, to the court. So the NFL did something that prosecutors chose not to do. They hired medical experts to examine photographs. And I didn't find the medical experts very persuasive. They were kind of all over the place. They were assessing which bruises they thought looked recent, which ones were maybe a couple of days old or a week old, how they happened. So that's all speculation, but it does happen in court all the time with experts. Um, And then you have this metadata that the NFL got that the prosecutors decided not to go after, which confirmed basically that she sent the pictures on the days that she thought the injuries that she said the injuries had happened and also they recovered all of her text messages they couldn't get a hold of his because he wouldn't cooperate um, but they recovered tens of thousands of texts from her phone and her family phone and basically these texts revealed that she was talking about what he allegedly did to her on those days and sending people pictures of it but at the end of the day like you said this is all coming from her and he's denying it he admits he was with her on those days but he doesn't provide an alternative explanation as to how she got black eyes and bruises all over her body. So the NFL made the leap. Yeah, so the fact that you you have transcripts that state she attempted to get her friend to conspire along with her uh, to to lie about this, and she also the NFL also acknowledges that she has a credibility issue. Is that going to lead to assisting Ezekiel in his camp? No, because, well, it it assisted him in the sense that the prosecutor didn't feel that he should bring the case because Mm -hmm. of credibility issues. And the reason for that is because a lot of times with juries, once somebody is proven to be a liar, they won't believe them at all. The NFL chose to take the opposite approach, which I think is the right approach. Just because somebody lies doesn't mean they're a total liar. Mm -hmm. It could mean they're a total liar, but it doesn't also necessarily have to. They could be a victim of domestic abuse. So the NFL chose to believe her on a couple of occasions. Now, in the court system, they're not looking at the credibility of the accuser. What the judge is going to look at is purely was there a procedural error or errors that made this unfair to Ezekiel Elliott 
and that merit the arbitration award being overturned. Gio and Jones with Amy Dash, our CBS Sports legal analyst. I can't really get a grasp on why Ezekiel Elliott can play in week one, but it seems like it's the NFL's decision. Did you get any sort of clear indicators as to why he's allowed to play this week? Yeah, I think because the judge pressured the NFL to answer the question over whether he would be playing. I don't think it's a relevant question. I was pretty surprised that the judge asked it. So there are two theories that I have. One is that the judge is a Cowboys fan. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, who wouldn't be? <laughs> who wouldn't be, Amy? <laughs> two is, and this is also related to him being a Cowboys fan. Two, he's a Cowboys fan, and he wanted to know how, many, how much time he has to issue his decision. Because if they didn't answer the question, then he would have felt pressured to issue the decision on the TRO yesterday, which is what usually happens. It's usually issued the same day or within a day or two. But once the NFL said, okay, we're going to let him play on Sunday, well, then he knew that he had more time, and he said, all right, give me till Friday, because he didn't want to disappoint the fans or himself. That's my theory. <laughs> there are conspiracies all over the place, yeah. man. The NFL, the judge. I'm so. I'm usually so against conspiracy theories but i think so here because i've never heard a judge pressure the nfl oh by the way what's the status on sunday and they're like uh judge we're here for our restraining order yeah 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 but is he gonna play on sunday against the giants or not you gotta tell me right now i mean that's ridiculous this everybody had this theory out there that there was this 4 p.m rule and harold henderson had to issue his decision by 4 p.m or zeke plays that was nonsense, too. I mean, at the end of the day, it's an NFL decision. So Harold Henderson upheld the arbitration award. Now, if the judge yesterday had ruled for the NFL, he wouldn't be allowed to play. But instead of ruling for the NFL or anybody, the judge first got the NFL to commit to let him play. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Never heard of that. Yeah, that, that, that's interesting to us as well. Now, I never involve myself in other people's money, but uh, how much do you think a defense like this will, will cost? Well, the NFLPA is probably paying for the majority of it because they hired Jeffrey Kessler, and he and he's their damn lawyers good. are running it. Yeah, Kessler's good. He's very good, but he's also very, very confident. So, like, every time I talk to him, like, for example, I talked to him, I said, I don't think you really have a good shot with this TRO because... First of all, you filed it way too soon. The guy didn't even make a decision. It's like, he's like, no, 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 no. Like, he has an answer for everything. He thinks he's going to win every <laughs> single time. And obviously he didn't with Brady mm-hmm. or Peterson. Do you have a... He thinks he's going to win again. I think he has a much better case this time, though. So, so give me a figure. Give me a figure. How much something like this in case Gio gets in trouble? <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. I know because um, a relative of mine had to go to federal district court. Mm-hmm. So the lawyers charge about like $500 an hour, but you're talking about Jeffrey Kessler, who's the top, so he could be up to like $700 to $1,000 an hour. This is a total guesstimate. But he's in New York City, so you're talking about an hour, and they spend, I mean, just to get a TRO in is probably in the range of twenty to forty or fifty thousand dollars just to get the TRO in. That's the first step. You know what this means? This means Amy got some coins. <laughs> Amy, loan me five dollars. Oh my god! But I'm a legal analyst on television. <laughs> I make nothing. I should go and work as a lawyer. Do you do you have a favorite lawyer? Like we have favorite players in sports. Do you look at somebody? And go, that's my guy right there, or my oh, girl. That's such a great question. Mm-hmm. I've never been asked that question before, so I've never really thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um. Mine's yeah, Rusty Harden. I, I guess I, 
You know what? I like Judge Judy. Oh, she's really? She's a former lawyer. Okay. Mm. Yeah, because she's really blunt and she doesn't take the S. Judge Judy. I think she's a little harsh, but I like her. Yeah, yeah. mine's Rusty Harden down in Texas. Oh, yeah, Rusty's the man. Oh, when I see Rusty him, I get, ex- I get excited. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Johnny Cochran back in the day. He's dead Johnny, now. Johnny was good. And we're talking about living. We're... Yeah, I, I said back in the day, yeah, yeah I know he's dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of those. Well, lawyers aren't really lovable people, the majority of them. So Yeah, but uh, but you being a legal analyst, you got to respect some guy's work. You know, if you look at, say, like, this person is. I know, you know some lovable lawyers. Do you? Yeah, I you got know what? friends it's in the business. It's hard because everybody's got a side. When you're a practicing lawyer, you have to choose a side. Yeah, right. So I see myself sort of as as like the balancer of mm. the different sides. Mm-hmm. Amy, so I so I like to challenge the lawyers and and their camps rather than respect them too much. Oh, Amy, okay, we maybe. are we are happy that you are on our side. Yes. And, yeah, and thanks again for getting up early this morning. You're already up. Thanks for joining us early this morning, <laughs> and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Take care, guys. All, All right. right, it's Amy Dash. <laughs> Our CBS Sports legal analyst. Get back to the Twitter now. Do you think that they should make like lawyer trading cards and stuff? I mean, we see I'm so sure many of them. For some people, that would be pretty cool. It's got to. I mean, think about it. Why not? I mean, these the, there's so many. Uh, Pete saying to me, Marsha Clark, but she was a DA. Though. That's a little yeah. bit different. We're talking about we're talking about lawyers. Yeah. And DA is mm-hmm. a different. That's a whole different field. You know, I got a couple good ones down in Austin that get my Longhorns out of trouble from time to time. Yeah, they share some good stories. Who's your favorite lawyer? The one one that got me. You know, not me. No no, jail time. No, no, no. no, But yeah, why are you scaring me now? Why are you asking about how much of the hefty defense? In case you get in trouble, me get in trouble. You never know what can happen. You, You know, one morning you show up at work and. Co-host not there. That's not going to happen here. But you, there, you know what's funny is I actually carry a, I actually carry a what? card. I am uh, not a criminal card. <laughs> no, no, no. I actually carry a card just in case anything. One of these guys who's like a high-profile defense attorney mm-hmm. in my wallet. His name is Arthur Idala. He's a local guy. He's like big time. I remember he helped the LT with a couple of things. <laughs> oh, so you hanging out LT peeves? Okay, yeah, just okay. right, a couple of things. Lawrence Taylor, yeah, I got, I got it in. That's my guy. Just, That's your just, guy. Just you get, case. Is he a thousand an hour? <sighs> Probably more. Mm. He's, we have a mutual friend, mm-hmm. so maybe less. You, you need to have one on retainer. Oh, there is, yeah. yeah. See, yeah. Arthur, I'm not kidding. Oops, sorry. I'm Let's not see. You too. Yeah, he's he knows people. He knows. There people. you go. Yep. Brooklyn and New York office. Oh, big time. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I only messed with the big time. Man. There you go, baby. I only messed with you the gotta big time. Have a, you got to know what they ever see. At least I do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, coming up next, they're changing things in college football. Freaking out. Coming right back. Greg Giannotti, Brian Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Do I have an update? I have a microphone. <laughs> what happened well, here? I just forgot to know. Forgot to hit the button that oh. said on. Oh, here I am. Is. Hey, man. So in non-Ezekiel Elliott NFL news, the impending arrival of Hurricane Irma means the Bucks and Dolphins will not play in Miami Sunday, shifting the game to November 19th, with both, which both teams have off. is apparently the more likely option, but the game could be played at a neutral site this weekend, which would be fine with Jay Cutler and the Dolphins. Luckily enough for us, we started Monday, so we're kind of ready uh, ready to go. I mean, if they want to do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're, 
we're kind of open to anything, and this team is young and, and flexible, and they, uh, they're ready to rock. Delaying the game until November would mean the Bucks and Dolphins would play for 16 straight weeks. As for Elliott, his six-game suspension upheld yesterday by arbitrator Harold Henderson, but Elliott will play Sunday night against the count against the Giants. A U.S. District Court judge will rule by close of business Friday on the Players Association's request for an injunction for Henderson's ruling. Elliott's lawyer is saying in a statement their client is looking forward to his day in federal court. There is a change this morning among the AL wildcard team. Luckily enough for us, we started Monday. Shut up, pitch, and it's sliced into left field, diving in and not catching the ball is Joyce. Angels are going to score a run on it. And the Angels take the lead here in the 10th inning. It's now 8-7. And that was the final in 10 in Oakland. Terry Smith had the call on Angels Radio. The Twins had already lost 2-1 in Tampa Bay. So Anaheim jumped Minnesota for the second wild card. Cleveland running its win streak to 13 with a 9-4 win at the White Sox. Two more home runs for Jose Ramirez. That's 7 on their 11-game road trip. The Red Sox needed 19 innings to beat the Blue Jays 3-2 at Fenway, while the Yankees lost 7-6 in Baltimore. And Manny Machado's walk-off two-run homer, New York had led 6-1. The Diamondbacks beat the Dodgers again 3-1 in 10 in L.A. That's 12 straight wins for Arizona, five straight losses, 10 in 11 for the Dodgers. The Brewers losing 9-3 in Cincinnati as the Cubs were losing in Pittsburgh 4-3. So Milwaukee remains three and a half games back of those Cubs in the Central. Alabama receiving 60 of 61 first-place votes in the new AP college football poll. That other first-place vote went to Ohio State. The Buckeyes staying at number two. Florida State dropping from number three to 10 after losing to the Tide and losing QB DeAndre Francois to that knee injury. And Venus Williams and Sloan Stevens setting up the first All-American women's semifinal at the U.S. Open in 15 years with three set wins yesterday but american man sam query the last american man in the draw losing in four sets to kevin anderson guys thanks bogus i think some important people were listening to us in january because we said hey who's performing halftime in the national championship game mm-hmm. and we thought about it for a while and I said well wait a second no one's performing the bands perform no one does a big halftime show mm-hmm. and then we said you know they should probably do a big halftime show like they do at the Super Bowl at the national championship. Do you game. think our boy Bill Hancock was listening? Yeah, the be- head of the college football playoff committee. Because guess what's happening? Reportedly, yeah, for the next college football playoff championship game at halftime, a little entertainment. Taylor bleeping Swift. What? Yeah, my man. girl. Mm-hmm. That's right. You tall, six or nine. You like Taylor Swift? Oh, I do. Yeah. Did you? We played her new song. Yeah, I don't like that. Don't right, like okay. the new song. You just uh, like her. I like her. It's shake it what off. What She's like, oh my god. Don't you shake me off, girl. Shake it off. Yeah, shake it off. Mm. It's a little. It's a little creepy. How excited you get about her? Why is that creepy? Just a little bit. You it's know, not like creepy. That. Don't shake me off. I ain't grabbing off. her buttocks like that dude. Yeah. I would never violate her personal space like that. Now I haven't seen anything about what's going to happen. I mean, hopefully the band still get it. Some. Something or other. Did, did we have? I'm trying to remember. We went to the title game. Did we have who performed? Nobody. We just. It's the always been the best. I, I don't remember what happened in January. I don't this even remember I'm talking saying, about man. it in January. You remember what happened in January? <laughs> and, and I'm trying to remember who performed. Somebody performed in Tampa this past year when I went. I'm sure of it. At halftime, though. Yeah. No, I don't think so. You sure? I'm positive they have the big national anthem singer, and I think that was basically it. I don't think anybody performed. I think we went over this. Carlos Delgado? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was, it was, Carlos, he probably did. It wasn't. Spain, uh, <laughs> it was reggaeton. Yeah, that's right. 
Huh, well, good for Taylor. That's right. Cool. Yes. And good for the fans that will, yes. that will be I'm there. Be right there, shaking it off. So, in more serious news, Bring what's happening? Chick-fil-A sandwich. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. why. Rub it all on you. Why are you rubbing Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. on her? Oh, man. What the hell is wrong with you? you have shades, you done that before? Fifty Shades of Chick-fil-A. Wait. I finally saw that movie. Have you seen it? Fifty Shades of... No. Was it gray? No, it's terrible. It's for it's for lonely housewives. Who, it's not. fat husbands who need something not. to get excited about. Have you guys seen it? That was the most ADD Brian Jones segment of all time. <laughs> From Chick-fil-A, rubber Chick-fil-A on Taylor Swift to Fifty Shades of Grey? No, I have not seen it. No. I thought it was pretty good. I was surprised. The sequel I've seen, though, Brian. I saw both. I watched back-to-back. Oh, good for 50 you. Shades, what's the other one? Darker? Do they, and do they rub, do they rub Chick-fil-A no, on No, 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 that's my deal. That's my signature That's what move. you do? That's my signature You move. rub chicken on people? What's wrong with that, boy? You know how good that chicken is on that's a nice, bu- warm body? That's a body. bizarre fetish. Keep the chicken warm why and the can't body you, warm. Why, why don't you eat the sandwich and then... Oh, I do. You know, something really, really wrong with you. There's something off in there, in that head. With the pickles or without the pickles? You got to keep the pickles on. You're Spice rubbing, it up a little bit. Rubbing. Yeah. You right. put the pickles I got a lot of meat on my bones. Let's see oh, that, that is gross. It just ruined it. You just ruined it. Ah, <laughs> you put this big ass into this. Man. He just messed up the whole fantasy. Ho, ho, ho. Sports. Oh, he just, what, what do you want to talk about now? I was going to talk about something serious. He's going to put that. Yeah, I big was. Big booger bear, three teeth, no hair. <laughs> Gosh. Um, I don't go see, go serious. Come on. All right. Is Justin Tuck ready? By the way, can we find that out? Because I'll break now, so we have more time. With oh, him. is he here? Hey, Mike, is is Justin Tuck ready? Because I'll break now, so we have more time with him. Because we figure out these things on the air here at Geo and Jones. That's right. We, we don't keep care. it real. We do keep it real. All right. So Justin Tuck's going to be in studio with us. Two time Super Bowl champion, a massive defensive end who played for the Giants. Badass. He's just, I got a lot of respect for this dude and excited for him to. Wish you had something for me. Yeah, I, I told you I did. Well, that's, that's weird. That part of you I don't have any respect for, but everything else I do. Uh, he's going to join us in studio next. Greg Giannotti, Brian Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Now they got the billion dollar contest, the what? billion dollar lineup challenge. With a B. It's, yeah, with a B. It's a one time test of skill to celebrate the start of the NFL season. Um, and they usually have the millionaire maker, which happens every week. They've been doing that, and that's something that will continue to happen. But the billion dollar lineup challenge, DraftKings.com. Wow. Download use a billion. Download the app. <laughs> it is well, everybody I think could use a billion. Not everybody, uh, but the dude that just bought the Rockets. Well, maybe yeah. he does. He can, he can use yeah, a billion. Yeah. Yeah. Justin, good morning. What's happening, man? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, you still look like you could play like a couple hours from now. Yeah, jeans, man. I got good jeans. Yeah. <laughs> good bones. Good foundation. Now, how long you been out of the league? When did you retire? This is my second year. Second year? Yeah. Still have the itch? Nah. Really? I didn't have the itch. That's why I, that's why I retired. I I didn't. Have, I knew I wasn't going to have the itch. I, you know, obviously there's obviously components of the game and, yeah. you know, the travel, the team, the locker room, so on and so right. forth. But I don't miss, you know, waking up on Mondays and taking like seven minutes for me to straighten my back out. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I have no regrets, man. I, I really have, have been blessed to, you know, win to to make a lot of money, and uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I don't need your billion, Jackie. <laughs> yeah, I do though. No, 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 no. Hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're sending that comment. <laughs> 
was it easier to walk away when you did because of the stuff you accomplished in those two Super Bowls as well? Yeah, it definitely had something to do with it. But, I, you know, I think I've never – you know, I guess I'm different from most, most, but I never kind of resonated with the fact that I was a, a football player. I, I think I am Justin Tuck, and I played football, but there's so mm-hmm. many other components to my life that was important to me. And, you know, obviously football gave me a platform and it allowed me to experience a lot of things that I wouldn't have gotten to experience. Uh, that being said, you know, I want to go experience those things now. And, you know, obviously football has allowed me to, the opportunity to do that. That That is uh, so profound what you just mentioned because we talk about the transition on this show all the time and how difficult that transition is once yeah. you leave the game because your whole identity is wrapped up into that number on your back. And, and, and now you're removed from that and you have to relearn a, a certain amount of things and you really have to – Get in tune with who you really are. So you're saying that adjustment uh, wasn't a part of your your transition out of the game. Well, it still is. Mm-hmm. I I just think, you know, luckily for me, I understood at an earlier time in my career that the NFL stood for not for long. Yeah. And obviously, I was blessed to play 11 years, but I never thought that I would make it to that point. So along the way, you know, in the off season, I was doing things that maybe most guys wasn't doing. I was taking internships. I was. Uh, cultivating relationships with business leaders and 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 people in spaces that I thought might be interesting once football was over. So when, once that time came, I had a I guess a leg up. Uh, but that being said, it wasn't like this transition has been like all all you know smooth. And, right. Yeah. It's, it's it's been some ups and downs in it. But you know, I think for me personally, it, it, it's because you know I. Because of all that in the off seasons going forth, I got I got a lot of options. And the hard part is like figuring out, okay, football was easy. I knew I wanted to do it as a kid. Now, you know, you can do this, you can do that, you can do this, you can do this. Trying to get exposure right now to make that lifetime decision on what's next, that's the hard part. Because for me, I like I wanna make sure whatever that decision is is the right one. So you have to do your due diligence about all of them. And that's the hard part right now. Gio and Jones with Justin Tuck on behalf of DraftKings. I'm already making week one lineups on DraftKings. We have a friends group that we do. There's so many things you could do sure. on uh, on DraftKings, and they have the billion dollar lineup. I'm going to do all the work for you today. With I, the I see that. So, man, trust I'm, me, I, I'm, I'm, trust well, me I'm, I'm well versed. Thank so you. I'm, I'm well versed. Thank you. Um, the, the stuff that's going on in, in the league now, um, and how it seems like the players' association is is always on the sh- with the short end of the stick. Mm. Um, we hear a lot of talk about how a, uh, a strike is the only way that's going to change things. Demarie Smith has has said that it's going to be a few years from now, twenty twenty or or beyond. Uh, do you think that we're in store for a, a big work stoppage so the players can get a little bit bigger of the piece of the pie and maybe? some of this personal conduct policy stuff can be rectified as well? The simple answer is yes. Um, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to go too in, in, in depth here, but I, I think the, the previous CVA was tremendously one-sided. Um, mm-hmm. And I do believe that the, the NFL PA has done a good, a great job of unifying the players more than what we were when we came up, and um, there's a lot of thing, a lot of issues that players have voiced, um, you know, some displeasure with, and um, so yeah, I mean, short answer is yes, it's, it's definitely going to happen. Um, the 
the magnitude of which it is, I don't I'm not sure, but I, I do think it's gonna it's gonna be I think it's gonna get into the games. I think last the last one didn't. I think this one will. I think um like I said, the, the, the league is a lot more unified than it was um the last um you know Why do you think strike. they weren't unified back then? Were there more pressing issues that mm-hmm. they were focused on uh, other than realizing you were giving the commissioner way too much power? Sure. You know, I think back back then, I don't think we we understood our power as much. Um, I think going forward, seeing how um, ununified, and I mean, I don't know if ununified is the right word, but I, just seeing how things turned out as far as what we signed and, and <laughs> you know, how it wasn't in our favor. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it made us have some really, really tough conversations in locker rooms. It made us... Have some some you know some some unifying um, conversations about what the next time would look like, and being a little bit more educated on the process, a little bit more educated on you know what other leagues had done and how mm-hmm. how how that sacrifice back in the day in baseball or, or, or basketball has really really cultivated um, to what you see in those leagues now. And the NFL is the most powerful league it is out there, and you know players. Um, slices of pie is probably the lowest when it comes to that. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's that's completely wrong in my book. Um, that being said, um, there, yeah, I, I, th- I think it has the potential to get really ugly. To be honest with you, and yeah. I'm hoping that it doesn't. Obviously, because mm-hmm. no one no one wants to see games missed and there be you know that divide. You know, I think everybody wants at the end of the day to have a unified league and 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 something that. You know, a product you can put on the field for the fans to enjoy. Absolutely. What do you think the biggest issue is amongst your peers that that are still playing? Is it the the guaranteed money issue, or is it the fact that the commissioner can do things like like he's doing in some of these suspensions that you see yeah. of star players? Well, I think the biggest, from my perspective, you know, money hasn't never been like the number one issue for me personally. Um, so that being said, you know, I I, I I take that off the board, but I think fully the the popularity and the growth of this league, there has to be some more um, consistency. Like, it just seems like, you know, um, Mr. Goodell can just pretty much just say whatever, whatever. I mean, like, you got six games for this, and another guy gets one game for this, or no suspension for this, or, you know, no suspension for this, and then another guy gets, you know, suspended for the year. There's no consistency. It's no, it's no like, um, yeah, it's no consistency, and it's like, I think it has created a huge divide within the trust of players, owners, fans, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's my my biggest component. Well, it seems as though that the players and the union, for once, are on the same page. And you have a union that you can believe in. I know there's been a lot of outreach to us retired guys by the D. Maurice Smith sure. and and his charges there in, in D.C. So that's good to see. And that's a huge feather in your cap. Now, whether or not they can band together and stay together, that's the yeah. big question when it comes time for that shoe to drop. Sure. And, and that shoe to drop means sitting and, and missing those paychecks. And that's the hard part because, you know, you got to think about it. Um, the owners are obviously super strong. <laughs> That's, I mean, that goes without question. Um, and what I noticed when you do your research on other leagues and and why their their unions are so strong and why their CBAs are so strong is because people had to sacrifice. I'm hoping that 
us as a players association is willing to sacrifice. And that's going to mean, like, yeah, you're going to miss some checks. Uh, yeah, that's going to mean that you're going to, you know, you're going to miss some games or you're going to, you know, have people getting on your Twitter page saying you're selfish and blah, 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 mm. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but for the, at the end of the day, I think we have to understand that, it, you, you know, for the greater good going forward, there might need to be a martyr. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, Kurt Floyd. Yeah. yeah, so it, it might it might need to be. I or, or start playing DraftKings right now. There you <laughs> go, man. Billion. That billion that billion dollars. I tell you what, <laughs> you know, obviously it's a it's a draft. I mean, it's a salary cap as far as how you how you pick the leagues, but. It, if I can figure out a way to win this DraftKings, man, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna. It's I gonna... might, I might be on the owner side. Geo <laughs> 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 nah. Jones with uh, Justin Duck. He's kidding. He'll never be on the owner side. Uh, on behalf <laughs> of of DraftKings, they do have the billion dollar lineup challenge. That's not the only thing you can play there. They have the millionaire maker. There's smaller contests. There's uh, head-to-heads. There's 50-50s. There's also a league that Justin talked about. Join my league. That, that you can you can play against them. How do you find that league? Do you know yet? Or? Yeah, it's just called Tux League. Tux League. That's Tux it. League. Simple. Tux I try league. to make it really, really simple. Huh. Um, so if you forget that, man, you don't deserve to be in Tux my league. league. <laughs> Tux yeah. League. Yeah, it's pretty simple. All right. Do you have any idea who you're going to play, like, in one of your running back spots? Man, I'm not giving you that. No, man. <laughs> I'm just trying is, to find out. So this oh. is not, This is what you, you play each and every week. Yeah, there's a daily different fantasy, people. Yeah, But yeah. just a clarification on the billion dollar. That's week one. That's it. Oh, just that's week, week one. one. Yeah, so get week. your line up, man. Yeah. Get your line up. <laughs> Only one chance to win a billion dollars. Yeah, but, man. but every week they do the millionaire not, maker. Yeah, so, every yeah. week they do that. And plus, yeah. it, look at it like this. It's not like playing a lotto. You ain't got to buy a ticket. It's free. And I, I want to also clarify that, you know, New York is legal. New York, New York, New York is legal. <laughs> it is. And it's yeah. free. Yeah. yeah, free. If it's free, it's for yeah, me. After yeah, the, man. After yeah. Schneiderman got his uh Yeah, he got his flesh, cut. Yeah. Right, yeah. He was able to. Schneiderman. Is, is, is that where we sent Mikey B? Yeah, we that did. Little, little rally? And let yeah. DraftKings and, and uh, anybody else involved know that we have been fighting for them. On Fighting this particular a good fight, program, that's right. We, Damn we it! Tried to get that Schneiderman well, on the show and everything. Yeah. Why do you think we here? Yeah, man. That's oh, right. Oh, you good? See, you they got that? a good one. Well, you good? Yeah, he, you good that time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not my first rodeo. <laughs> you want another serious topic, or you want like a? Listen, man, it's, it's your show. No, I know, but I feel like I I felt bad because in the beginning you're like I don't really want to talk so much about the CBA stuff, and then. Sure, right, I'm sure. going to ask you, whatever. What do your fans want to know? Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Well, I think oh, they want to hear about our, nothing. They lazy. They want to hear about this billion dollars. I know that. Yeah, no, I bet I know. that. Nah. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you about what's happening with uh, with Kaepernick. Sure. And we have been on the side that, that he needs to be signed if he wants to play football. We do believe he wants to play football. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it seems like everybody's coming up with an excuse as to why he's not on a team outside of the fact that it's all about his his protest. Do you believe that Colin Kaepernick deserves to be on an NFL roster today? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's not even the question. I think the question is, you know, um, well, this ain't a question either because it's, uh, to me it's obvious. You know, I think, and I'm not saying, saying owners are racist. That ain't where I'm going with this. I, I think the fact that he's taking the stance that he's taking brings on baggage. Uh, and the question is, does his talent, which he does have talent, that's you know you can't deny that, but does his talent outweigh 
the baggage. I would say that's 95% of the issue. Mm-hmm. There's, and I'm not, you know, I don't know, this, this is just a speculation. There's probably 5% of the issue that some owners don't agree with his stance. Yeah. And that's fair. That's mm-hmm. not, that's Whatever. That's I, I would say you just come out and say that and quit exactly. hiding behind all these other. That's, what, that, that's basically what I was excuses. about to get to. Yeah. Just be like, yo, we don't agree with his stance. Yeah. We don't want that in our locker room. We don't think it unifies our team. Yeah. Something like that. If, if you don't believe there's yeah. a, an issue out in society, which there is, no question. Okay, just come out and say it. But they're afraid to say that. Yeah, but how big of a distraction is it? Because everybody uses this word distraction, and you guys know better than me because you've been on these teams, you've been in these locker rooms. But, mm-hmm. okay, he shows up, he gets signed by a team. A bunch of media shows up there one day. you got to answer questions about Colin Kaepernick being on your team. Then what? It's over, right? I mean, then he kneels and you get a couple questions there. I'll I tell you what. I haven't, I haven't heard anybody say anything about this um, or have it use a comparison. But there was a time when everybody was saying, Tim Tebow is a distraction. Mm-hmm. He still got a job, mm-hmm. and I love Tim Tebow, by the way. So don't don't think that's me playing this white bike issue. No, that's not what I'm doing. Why at you all. love Tim Tebow? Because I, I I love what he stands for. Uh-huh. Christian guy that mm-hmm. that you know that's done. I mean, on face value, he's done everything the right way. Yeah, as a man, you know, forget football. I just I just like what he stands for as a man. Let me ask you this, because you've had, I'm sure, numerous coaches. I don't think there are a number of guys in the league that can coach Colin Kaepernick, that type of talent. That may be the problem as well. They're afraid because they don't know how to harness that talent sure. or direct that talent. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. He's not the typical quarterback. Sure he's not. Uh, you know, obviously it takes a certain offense for him to thrive in, but mm-hmm. you can't tell me that he's not the 33rd best pl- quarterback in the league. Yeah. You, you tell me he can't be a backup? Yeah. Like, that's what you're telling right. me? Yeah. Well, we've come and to a conclusion. Obviously, I don't know what his, you know, his price point is. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what negotiation goes right. with him. That, that, that I don't know. So, a lot of this is assumptions. Well, I don't know. We, but, we, mm-hmm. I, you know, you can't tell me that there's not a team that can't harness his talent. You know, like, you, you, you can't use that as an argument. Well, he is doing such great work for black quarterbacks Absolutely. who stink. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and so we appreciate that. And, and, and <laughs> Joe a, Gillum, James Harris, they're great, still alive. They're going to come back in, that's a great come line. back into the league because thanks to Colin line. Kaepernick, any black quarterback, anyone even played Pop Warner yeah. quarterback and you black, the NFL will sign <laughs> yes. you instead of Colin right. Kaepernick. See? <laughs> yes. Right. We're not racist. So oh in, in, unintentional consequences. <laughs> right. awesome. yeah. Look at Joe Webb and Thad Lewis. Hey, he got one arm. <laughs> That's a lie. But we're going to slide him. Right? <laughs> you know, he played quarterback in high school. I know he, we drafted him as a tight end. I know, but he played quarterback He's in high school. He's our emergency quarterback. There yeah. it is. Right. The great Justin Tuck, two-time Super Bowl champion. Join his league on DraftKings. If you haven't played before, get involved, not only because there's a billion dollars and a million dollars there. It's just fun. It's fun to do. You don't have to worry about injuries with your season-long team. DraftKings, download the app, DraftKings. I'm picking Notre Dame this weekend versus Georgia. I'll be there. Cool. Justin, thanks, man. We appreciate it. And check out his books, too, by the way. Justin, talk. Children's books. Look at you, man. He wrote some books. I'm coming back. I love this Y'all can have me on the show (laughs) any day. Gio and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. 
Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.